Sections 24 through 31 of Letter 22 to Eustochium by St. Jerome, translated by William Henry Fremantle. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Sections 14 through 31. Never incline your ear to words of mischief. For men often say an improper word to make trial of a virgin's steadfastness, to see if she hears it with pleasure, and if she is ready to unbend at every silly jest. Such persons applaud whatever you affirm and deny whatever you deny. They speak of you as not only holy but accomplished, and they say that in you there is no guile. Behold, say they, a true handmaid of Christ. Behold entire singleness of heart. How different from that rough, unsightly, countrified fright, who most likely never married because she could never find a husband. Our natural weakness induces us readily to listen to such flatterers, but, though they may blush and reply that such praise is more than our due, the soul within us rejoices to hear itself praised. Like the ark of the covenant, Christ's spouse should be overlaid with gold within and without, Exodus 25.11, and should be the guardian of the law of the Lord. Just as the ark contained nothing but the tables of the covenant, 1 Kings 8.9, so in you there should be no thought of anything that is outside. For it pleases the Lord to sit in your mind as he once sat on the mercy seat and the cherubims. Exodus 25.22 As he sent his disciples to loose him the fowl of an ass that he might ride on it, so he sends them to release you from the cares of the world, that leaving the bricks and straw of Egypt, you may follow him, the true Moses, through the wilderness and may enter the land of promise. Let no one dare to forbid you, neither mother nor sister nor kinswoman nor brother. The Lord hath need of you. Matthew 21, 1-3 Should they seek to hinder you, let them fear the scourges that fell on Pharaoh who, because he would not let God's people go that they might serve him, Exodus 7.16, suffered the plagues described in Scripture. Jesus, entering into the temple, cast out those things which belonged not to the temple. For God is jealous, and will not allow the Father's house to be made a den of robbers. Matthew 21.12 and 13. Where money is counted, where doves are sold, where simplicity is stifled, where, that is, a virgin's breast glows with cares of this world, straightway the veil of the temple is rent. Matthew twenty-seven fifty-one, The bridegroom rises in anger. He says, Your house is left unto you desolate. Matthew twenty-three thirty-eight. Read the gospel and see how Mary, sitting at the feet of the Lord, is set before the zealous Martha. In her anxiety and to be hospitable, Martha was preparing a meal for the Lord and his disciples. Yet Jesus said to her, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things, but few things are needful or one. And Mary hath chosen the good part which shall not be taken away from her. Luke ten forty one and 42 Be then like Mary, prefer the food of the soul to that of the body, Leave it to your sisters to run to and fro and to seek how they may fitly welcome Christ. But do you, 
having once for all cast away the burden of the world, sit at the Lord's feet and say, I have found him whom my soul loveth. I will hold him, I will not let him go. Canticles 3.4 And he will answer, My dove, my undefiled, is but one. She is the only one of her mother. She is the choice one of her that bear her. Canticles 6.9 Now the mother of whom this is said is the heavenly Jerusalem. Galatians 4.26 Ever let the privacy of your chamber guard you. Ever let the bridegroom sport with you within. Confer Genesis 26.8 Do you pray? You speak to the bridegroom. Do you read? He speaks to you. When sleep overtakes you, he will come behind and put his hand through the hole of the door, and your heart shall be moved for him. And you will awake and rise up and say, I am sick of love. Canticles 5, 2, 4, and 8. Then he will reply, A garden enclosed is my sister, my spouse, a spring shut up, a fountain sealed. Canticle 4, 12. Go not from home nor visit the daughters of a strange land, though you have patriarchs for brothers and Israel for a father. Dinah went out and was seduced. Genesis 34. Do not seek the bridegroom in the streets. Do not go round the corners of the city. For though you may say, I will rise now and will go about the city, in the streets and in the broad ways I will seek him whom my soul loveth. And though you may ask, and the watchman, saw ye him whom my soul loveth? Canticles 3, 2, and 3. No one will deign to answer you. The bridegroom cannot be found in the streets. Straight and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life. Matthew seven fourteen. So the song goes on. I sought him, but I could not find him. I called him, but he gave me no answer. Canticles 3, 2, and 5, 6. And would that failure to find him were all. You will be wounded and stripped. You will lament and say, The watchmen that went about the city found me. They smote me. They wounded me. They took away my veil from me. Canticles 5.7 Now if one could say, I sleep, but my heart waketh. Canticles 5.2 And a bundle of myrrh is my well-beloved unto me. He shall lie all night betwixt my breasts. Canticles 1.13 If one who could speak thus suffered so much because she went abroad, what shall become of us who are but young girls? Of us who, when the bride goes in with the bridegroom, still remain without? Jesus is jealous. He does not choose that your face should be seen of others. You may excuse yourself and say, I have drawn close my veil. I have covered my face, and I have sought thee there, and have said, Tell me, O thou, whom my soul loveth, where thou feedest thy flock, where thou makest it to rest at noon. For why should I be as one that is veiled beside the flocks of thy companions? Canticles 1.7 Yet in spite of your excuses, he will be wroth. He will swell with anger and say, If thou know not thyself, O thou fairest among women, go thy way forth by the footsteps of the flock, and feed thy goats beside the shepherd's tents. Canticles 1.8 You may be fair, 
and of all faces yours may be the dearest to the bridegroom, yet unless you know yourself and keep your heart with all diligence. Proverbs 4.23 Unless also you avoid the eyes of the young men, you will be turned out of my bride chamber to feed the goats, which shall be set on the left hand. Matthew 25.33 These things being so, my Eustochium, daughter, lady, fellow servant, sister, these names refer the first to your age, the second to your rank, the third to your religious vocation, the last to the place which you hold in my affection. Hear the words of Isaiah. Come, my people, enter thou into thy chambers, and shut thy doors about thee. Hide thyself, as it were, for a little moment, until the indignation of the Lord be overpassed. Isaiah 26.20 Let foolish virgins stray abroad, but for your part stay at home with the bridegroom. For if you shut your door, and according to the precept of the gospel, Matthew 6.6, 6, pray to your father in secret, he will come and knock, saying, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man open the door, I will come in to him, and will sup with him, and he with me. Revelation 3.20 Then straightway you will eagerly reply, it is the voice of my beloved that knocketh, saying, Open to me, my sister, my love, my dove, my undefiled. It is impossible that you should refuse and say, I have put off my coat, how shall I put it on? I have washed my feet, how shall I defile them? Canticles 5, 2, and 3 Arise forthwith and open, otherwise, while you linger, he may pass on, and you may have mournfully to say, I open to my beloved, but my beloved was gone. Canticles 5, 6 Why need the doors of your heart be closed to the bridegroom? Let them be open to Christ, but closed to the devil, according to the saying, If the spirit of him who hath power rise up against thee, leave not thy place. Ecclesiastes 10, 4 Daniel in that upper story to which he withdrew when he could no longer continue below, had his windows opened toward Jerusalem. Daniel 6.10 in the Septuagint. Do you too keep your windows open, but only on the side where light may enter, and whence you may see the eye of the Lord? Open not to those other windows of which the prophet says, Death is come up into our windows. Jeremiah 9.21 you must be also careful to avoid the snare of a passion for vainglory. How, Jesus says, can ye believe which receive glory from one another? John 5.44 What an evil that must be the victim of which cannot believe. Let us rather say, Thou art my glorying. Jeremiah 9.24 And he that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. 1 Corinthians 1.31 and if I yet pleased men, I should not be the servant of Christ. Galatians 1.10 And far be it from me to glory, save in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom the world hath been crucified unto me, and I unto the world. Galatians 6.14 And once more, in God we boast all the day long, my soul shall make her boast in the Lord. Psalm 44, 8 and 34, 2. When you do alms, let God alone see you. When you fast, be of a cheerful countenance. Matthew 6, 3, 16 to 18. 
Let your dress be neither too neat nor too slovenly. Neither let it be so remarkable as to draw the attention of passers-by, and to make men point their fingers at you. Is a brother dead? Has the body of a sister to be carried to its burial? Take care, lest in too often performing such offices you die yourself. Do not wish to seem very devout, nor more humble than need be, lest you seek glory by shunning it. For many, who screen from all men's sight their poverty, charity, and fasting, desire to accept admiration by their very disdain of it, and strangely seek for praise while they profess to keep out of its way. From the other disturbing influences which make men rejoice, despond, hope, and fear, I find many free. But this is a defect which few are without, and he is best whose character, like a fair skin, is disfigured by the fewest blemishes. I do not think it necessary to warn you against boasting of your riches, or against priding yourself on your birth, or against setting yourself up as superior to others. I know your humility. I know that you can say with sincerity, Lord, my heart is not haughty, nor mine eyes lofty. Psalm 131.1 I know that in your breast, as in that of your mother, the pride through which the devil fell has no place. It would be time wasted to write to you about it, for there is no greater folly than to teach a pupil what he knows already. But now that you have despised the boastfulness of the world, do not let the fact inspire you with new boastfulness. Harbor not the secret thought that, having ceased to court attention in garments of gold, you may begin to do so in mean attire. And when you come into a room full of brothers and sisters, do not sit in too low a place or plead that you are unworthy of a footstool. Do not deliberately lower your voice as though worn out with fasting, nor, leaning on the shoulder of another, mimic the tottering gait of one who is faint. Some women, it is true, disfigure their faces that they may appear unto men to fast. Matthew 6.16 As soon as they catch sight of any one, they groan, they look down, they cover up their faces, all but one eye, which they keep free to see with. Their dress is somber, their girdles are of sackcloth, their hands and feet are dirty. Only their stomachs, which cannot be seen, are hot with food. Of these the psalm is sung daily, the Lord will scatter the bones of them that please themselves. Psalm 53.5, according to the Roman Psalter. Others change their garb and assume the mane of men, being ashamed of being what they were born to be, women. They cut off their hair and are not ashamed to look like eunuchs. Some clothe themselves in goat's hair and, putting on hoods, think to become children again by making themselves look like so many owls. Cuculis fabrifactis, ut ad infantium radiant, imitanter noxuas et bubonis. But I will not speak only of women. Avoid men also, when you see them loaded with chains and wearing their hair long like women, contrary to the apostle's precept. 1 Corinthians 11.14 Not to speak of beards like those of goats, black coats, and bare feet braving the cold. All these things are tokens of the devil. Such an one Rome groaned over some time back in Antinomus. And Sophronius is a still more recent instance.
Such persons, when they have once gained admission to the houses of the high-born, and have deceived silly women laden with sins, ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. 2 Timothy 3, 6 and 7 Feign a sad mane, and pretend to make long fasts while at night they feast in secret. Shame forbids me to say any more, for my language might appear more like invective than admonition. There are others, I speak of those of mine own order, who seek the presbyterate and the diaconate simply that they may be able to see women with less restraint. Such men think of nothing but their dress. They use perfumes freely, and see that there are no creases in their leather shoes. Their curling hair shows traces of the tongs. Their fingers glisten with rings. They walk on tiptoe across a damp road, not to splash their feet. When you see men acting in this way, think of them rather as bridegrooms than as clergymen. Certain persons have devoted the whole of their energies and life to the single object of knowing the names, houses, and characters of married ladies. I will here briefly describe the head of the profession, that from the master's likeness you may recognize the disciples. He rises and goes forth with the sun. He has the order of his visits duly arranged. He takes the shortest road, and, troublesome old man that he is, forces his way almost into the bedchambers of ladies yet to sleep. If he sees a pillow that takes his fancy or an elegant table cover, or indeed any article of household furniture, he praises it, looks admirably at it, takes it into his hand, and, complaining that he has nothing of the kind, begs or rather extorts it from the owner. All the women, in fact, fear to cross the news carrier of the town. Chastity and fasting are alike distasteful to him. What he likes is a savory breakfast, say, off a plump young crane, such as is commonly called a cheaper. In speech he is rude and forward, and is always ready to bandy reproaches. Wherever you turn, he is the first man that you see before you. Whatever news is noised abroad, he is either the originator, or the rumor, or its magnifier. He changes his horses every hour and they are so sleek and spirited that you would take him for a brother of the Thracian king. Diomede, see Lucretius 5.31 and Virgil A. 1.752. Many are the stratagems which the wily enemy employs against us. The serpent, we are told, was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. Genesis 3.1. And the apostle says, we are not ignorant of his devices. 2 Corinthians 2.11 Neither an affected shabbiness nor a stylish smartness becomes a Christian. If there is anything of which you are ignorant, if you have any doubt about Scripture, ask one whose life commands him, whose age puts him above suspicion, whose reputation does not belie him, one who may be able to say, I have espoused you to one husband, that I may present you as a chaste virgin to Christ. Or, if there shall be none such able to explain, it is better to avoid danger at the price of ignorance than to court it for the sake of learning. Remember that you walk in the midst of snares, and that many veteran virgins, 
of a chastity never called in question, have, on the very threshold of death, let their crowns fall from their hands. If any of your handmaids share your vocation, do not lift up yourself against them, or pride yourself because you are their masters. You have all chosen one bridegroom. You all sing the same psalms. Together you receive the body of Christ. Why then should your thoughts be different? Kermens diversisit. The ordinary text has menda. You must try to win others, and that you may attract the more readily, you must treat the virgins in your train with the greatest respect. If you find any one of them weak in the faith, be attentive to her, comfort her, caress her, and make her chastity your treasure. But if a girl pretends to have a vocation simply because she desires to escape from service, read aloud to her the words of the Apostle, It is better to marry than to burn. 1 Corinthians 7, 9 Idle persons and busybodies, whether virgins or widows, such as go from house to house, calling on married women and displaying an unblushing effrontery greater than that of a stage parasite, cast from you as you would the plague. For evil communications corrupt good manners. 1 Corinthians 15.33 And women like these care for nothing but their lowest appetites. They will often urge you, saying, My dear creature, make the best of your advantages, and live while life is yours, and surely you are not laying up money for your children. Given to wine and wantonness, they instill all manner of mischief into people's minds, and induce even the most austere to indulge in enervating pleasures. And when they have begun to wax wanton against Christ, they will marry, having condemnation because they have rejected their first faith. 1 Timothy 5:11 and 12 Do not seek to appear over-eloquent, nor trifle with verse, nor make yourself gay with lyric songs, and do not, out of affectation, follow the sickly taste. Perseus 1, 104 Of married ladies, who, now pressing their teeth together, now keeping their lips wide apart, speak with a lisp, and purposely clip their words, because they fancy that to pronounce them naturally is a mark of country breeding. Accordingly, they find pleasure in what I may call an adultery of the tongue. For what communion hath light with darkness, and what concord hath Christ with Belial? 2 Corinthians 6, 14 and 15 How can Horace go with the Psalter, Virgil with the Gospels, Cicero with the Apostle? In other words, the epistles of St. Paul. In like manner, the Psalter was often called David. Is not a brother made to stumble if he sees you sitting at meat in an idol's temple? 1 Corinthians 8.10 Although unto the pure all things are pure, Titus 1.15, and nothing is to be refused if it be received with thanksgiving, 1 Timothy 4.4, still we ought not to drink the cup of Christ, and, at the same time, the cup of devils. 1 Corinthians 10.21 let me relate to you the story of my own miserable experience. Many years ago, when for the kingdom of heaven's sake I had cut myself off from home, parents, sister, relations, and, harder still, from the dainty food to which I had been accustomed, and when I was on my way to Jerusalem to wage my warfare, 
I still could not bring myself to forego the liberty which I had formed for myself at Rome with great care and toil. And so, miserable man that I was, I would fast only that I might afterwards read Cicero. After many nights spent in vigil, after floods of tears called from my inmost heart, after the recollection of my past sins, I would once more take up Plautus. And when at times I returned to my right mind, I began to read the prophets, their style seemed rude and repellent. I failed to see the light with my blinded eyes, but I attributed the fault not to them, but to the sun. While the old serpent was thus making me his plaything, about the middle of Lent a deep-seated fever fell upon my weakened body, and while it destroyed my rest completely, the story seems hardly credible, it so wasted my unhappy frame that scarcely anything was left of me but skin and bone. Meantime, preparations for my funeral went on. My body grew gradually colder, and the warmth of life lingered only in my throbbing breast. Suddenly I was caught up in the spirit and dragged before the judgment seat of the judge. And here the light was so bright, and those who stood around were so radiant, that I cast myself upon the ground and did not dare to look up. Asked who and what I was, I replied, I am a Christian. But he who presided said, Thou liest, thou art a follower of Cicero and not of Christ. For where thy treasure is, there will thy heart be also. Matthew 6.21 Instantly I became dumb, and amid the strokes of the lash, for he had ordered me to be scourged, I was tortured more severely still by the fire of conscience, considering with myself that verse. In the grave, who shall give thee thanks? Psalm 6.5 Yet for all that I began to cry and to bewail myself, saying, Have mercy upon me, O Lord, have mercy upon me. Amid the sound of the scourges, this cry still made itself heard. At last the bystanders, falling down before the knees of him who presided, prayed that he would have pity on my youth, and that he would give me space to repent of my error. He might still, they urged, inflict torture on me should I ever again read the works of the Gentiles. Under the stress of that awful moment, I should have been ready to make even still larger promises than these. Accordingly, I made oath and called upon his name, saying, Lord, if ever again I possess worldly books, or if ever again I read such, I have denied thee. Dismissed then, on taking this oath, I returned to the upper world, and, to the surprise of all, I opened upon them eyes so drenched with tears that my distress served to convince even the incredulous. And that this was no sleep nor idle dream, such as those by which we are often mocked, I call to witness the tribunal before which I lay, and the terrible judgment which I feared. May it never hereafter be my lot to fall under such an inquisition. I profess that my shoulders were black and blue, that I felt the bruises long after I awoke from my sleep, and that thenceforth I read the books of God with a zeal greater than I had previously given to the books of men. You must also avoid the sin of covetousness, and this not merely by refusing to seize upon what belongs to others, for that is punished by the laws of the state, but also by not keeping your own property, which has now become no longer yours. 
If you have not been faithful, the Lord says, in that which is another man's, who shall give you that which is your own? Luke 16.12 That which is another man's is a quantity of gold or silver, while that which is our own is the spiritual heritage of which it is elsewhere said, the ransom of a man's life is his riches. Proverbs 13.8 No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. Ye cannot serve God and mammon. Matthew 6.24 Riches, that is. For in the heathen tongue of the Syrians, riches are called mammon. The thorns which choke our faith, Matthew 13.7 and 22, are the taking thought for our life. Matthew 6.25 Care for the things which the Gentiles seek after. Matthew 6.32 Is the root of covetousness. But you will say, I am a girl delicately reared, and I cannot labor with my hands. Suppose that I live to old age and then fall sick. Who will take pity on me? Hear Jesus speaking to the apostles. Take no thought what ye shall eat, nor yet for your body what ye shall put on. Is not the life more than meat, and the body than raiment? Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Matthew 6.25 and 26 Should clothing fail you, set the lilies before your eyes. Should hunger seize you, think of the words in which the poor and hungry are blessed. Should pain afflict you, Read, Therefore I take pleasure in infirmities. And there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. 2 Corinthians 12.10 and 7 Rejoice in all God's judgments. For does not the psalmist say, The daughters of Judah rejoiced because of thy judgments, O Lord? Psalm 97.8 Let the words be ever on your lips, Naked came I out of my mother's womb, and naked shall I return thither. Job 1.21 And we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we can carry nothing out. 1 Timothy 6.7 End of sections 14 through 31